Okay, we are in Sefer Amos, Perik Gimel, Pasuk Aleph, Shimu Esadover Hazer. So, Perik Gimel continues the prophecy Amos is delivering to Bnei Yisrael. Again, the ten tribes, the Asara Shratim, and it is a prophecy well in advance of the punishment that is coming, but is nonetheless fierce in its intensity. And in this parrot, we're going to see some beautiful mishalim, or what you would call metaphorical exercises in beautiful oratory, as well as some very deep, complex issues. So let's get right into it and hopefully uh, explain it as it goes along. Says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, the, to the Navi, who now repeats it to Bnei Yisrael. Shimu es hadavar hazeh asher diber Hashem aleichem Bnei Yisrael. Listen, Bnei Yisrael, to the words the Kaddish Baruch Hu is speaking. Al kol hamishpacha asher ha'elisi me'eretz mitzrayim le'mor. To all the mishpacha, meaning the nation of Israel, it's one of the times we use mishpacha, family, as a metaphor for Bnei Yisrael. And what the Mephoshim tell us is that we're saying, and it is a bedrock principle of our Judaism, that the family is the unit that ties B'nai Yisrael together. It is the central focus of B'nai Yisrael. And so we are referred to as a mishpacha. Says the Navi, Rak etchem yodati mikol mishpachos only you, of all the nations, have I known become Mishrachos, have I selected from all the families, all the nations of the world. It is you who I've taken to me as my nation, as my chosen people. Al Cain, therefore, Efgod Alechem Eskol Adonosechem. Therefore, you will be punished if you sin for all your sins. A very troubling, deep concept. In other words, I love you so much that you will be punished if you sin beyond what I punish any other nations. Um, are we saying that the Kaddish Baruch Hu, because of his great love, punishes us to a greater degree? And the answer is an emphatic yes. And if I can read to you a beautiful agadata in Meseches Avodah Zorah, Dachdalet Amud Aleph. Mishtabeach lehu rabbo lemine barab safra de Adam gadolhu. Rabbo was praising Rav Safra to the heretics, meaning our, you know, scoffers, non-believers, saying he was a great man. Rav Safra, and therefore Shifkulei Mixa Deschleisa Shonin. They had an interesting minog in those days. Person was a great Talmidei Chacham. He was exempted from local taxes. So Rav Safra, as a result of this, was eliminated. Um, it was Rav Safra who posited the principle 
that the Kaddish Baruch Hu punishes its Israel for its sins, yes, but in small increments as opposed to other nations. So one day this Min uh, found Rav Safra. He met Rav Safra and he says to him, Kisiv, and he takes our Pasuk, you alone do I love from all the families of the earth. Therefore, I'm going to hold you to account for all of your sins. So here's the question the heretic poses to Rav Safra. So a person that has hostility to another person or man that does he turn it against one he loves? It seems incongruous. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Ishkikle, Rosafu doesn't answer him. He didn't reply. So therefore, the guy gets very upset at Rosafra. It says, Ramule Sudra Bitsavra. He ties a kerchief around his throat. It looks, one shot, as if he's physically threatening him for his inability or refusal to answer. Uh, and it was causing him physical distress. Just at that moment, Asa Ravabahu, Ravabahu comes by, sees it, and said to the man, why, why are you doing this to him? Uh, didn't I not tell you, he's a great man? So the guy says, what are you saying? He's a great man, he couldn't give us he couldn't give us the shot in this puzzle. How? Because you love someone that far, you're holding them, you punish them to a greater degree. So, and because of him, we exempted him from all taxes. So Rabbi explains, I said he was a great Tana to Tanaitic literature. Did I say he was a great person with respect to scripture, giving you shot? in the Pasuk, assuming they're mutually exclusive. Um, <clears throat> in other words, it, it is a difficult shot to understand, but basically what we're saying, the mushal we give, uh, the Radak expresses it beautifully. Person um, has owes money to two people. One is a Jew who he likes, or one is a person he likes, one is a person he doesn't particularly care for. So that when he comes to collect the money from him, he's, uh, he's lent it to them rather, he will take from the Jew in very small increments. He's going to not make it difficult for him. So is with the punishment to B'nai Israel. It's going to be small. It's going to be now in Olam Hazer rather than Olam Haba. Rather than the person he dislikes, he's going to take big chunks of it. He's going to, at the end of the he will be denied his Olam Haba. He will seem to get benefit me Olam Hazer. So it's an explanation of how you can rationalize that the nearer the person is to you, the dearer he is to you, that's the higher standard you hold him to. Our Marbanel gives a beautiful parish in the sense that Hashkacha Pratis, the fact that the Kaddish Baruch who watches so carefully over B'nai Israel, is really a, a double-edged sword, my words, not the Abarbanel's, but that you want the Hashkacha Pratis, you've got to take along with it the higher standards. Billy, you, yes? Question. 
do you say we get punished in small increments? Yes. Has any nation suffered to the extent that the Israel suffered? Right, but that's exactly what we're saying. They're going to get it in the Olam Haba. I'm giving it to them now. We believe in that principle. Giving it to Olam Haza, that's how much more the reward will be Olam Haba. And small increments, <clears throat> each time I punish them, I brought them back. I will bring them back. I will rebuild the temple so that, yes, you can posit the argument it's smaller increments over a smaller period of time just to give them a little So very difficult concept. I agree, you know, it's tough to explain and it's, it's a tough concept that, yes, you want to be the chosen people, you're going to be held to a higher standard. Just as maybe the children, we have children, we, we hold them to a higher standard precisely because we love them so much. So, therefore you will get the bulk of my punishment. Continues. Now the Navi is going to give us seven beautiful metaphors that all have the same purpose. They're designed to show us that in this world, what happens to us as Jews, there's no accidents, there's no coincidence, it's all Yad Hashem. And that the Kaddish Baruch operates through his Nevi'im. And you're going to see that the Nevi'im's purpose is very real. So let's go into these metaphors and try to understand how they relate to B'nai Israel. First one, Hayechu Shnayim Yachtov Bilti Im the two people go together to a place, arriving at the same place at the same time without having consulted before. Do they not plan this? In other words, just like B'nai Israel with the Nevi'im, the Nevi'im have prophesied for years in different places, in different situations, but all the Nevi'im have come true, all the prophecies. So you don't think that it is believed, it's worked out, it's planned, there's the divine hand by the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Furthermore, Hayishag Aryeh Bayar, Viteref Einlo, Hayitain Fir Kolo Bimonoso, Bilti Imlochai. Does a lion scream in the forest if it doesn't have, apparently, a lion when it consumes its food, it first lets out the scream? So would it not have? captured something and have it in his mouth, or fear, which is a younger lion, kolo so delivers his voice from the depths, biltiyim lochad, that he's got something in his mouth. In other words, um, that the Nevi'im that have prophesied to you, are they not telling you something? Are they not warning you of what is to come? And the lion that is screaming or will scream, depending on which parish you adopt, is either Sancheriv of Assyria or Nebuchadnezzar, who's always metaphorized to a lion. They've got you in their sights, and you've got to understand it's not an accident. Now, he's prophesizing well before. Good. Could be 150 years before. Before. Before, before the destruction, before the actual destruction. Third, Hatipot Sipor, 
There's a bird fall to the netting below if there isn't a trap in there. There isn't a trap. Does something spring up from the net? From the ground. If there isn't a trap within it. And that is warning you that this is what is going to come to get you. Um, again, don't don't delude yourself into thinking this is coincidence. It all happens by divine plan and orchestration. Again, does the sound of battle of alarm sound in the city and the natural consequence is not that the nation trembles, they realize there's an imminent threat. Can there be a calamity in the city and that it is not God? In other words, these are what these metaphors are designed to show. Nothing is by accident. It is all divine science. So th- this question goes back to something we talk about periodically, which is the free will, the will to, ch- to change things. If everything is not a coincidence and planned happens because Hashem has made it happen, how does that, how do you reconcile that with your will? Free will. Yeah. Like to to do tshuva, to change the outcome, you know, you're going to, you're going to, how can you, how, when the Navis prophesize and say, if you do tshuva, you will prevent the exile, right? You'll prevent, but how, but how's that possible? With Bechira Chavshir, you still have it. In other words, yes, it's ordained, but the Kaddish Baruch Hu, I may even know how you're going to choose. So you can argue that it's not a Bechira, but yet you still can overcome it. We've seen, you can do tshuva and avert the whole thing. We're going to see in Hashem in a week or two in Yonah, that you, know, that you can avert the disaster, even though it's prescribed. So, Kaddish Baruch Hu does not do anything punishing at B'nai Yisrael He doesn't reveal his secret to his Nevi'im. And continue, and you can, exactly to your point, you can avert. So that therefore, the lion screams, who does not fear when the lion screams? And so the Kaddish Baruch Hu says, speak. Who is not going to be misnabe? The Meforshim say that one of the weapons they use these people against in the Vian, B'nai Israel, was not that they didn't listen to them. They tried to block them from speaking. They, they, they were proactive. How can you stop a Navi from speaking? Can you stop any more than you can stop a lion from screaming? It's inevitable. You have no control. Again, an interesting metaphor. Listen in the castles of Ashdod, that's Philistia, the Philistine, in Egypt, the Imru and say, hey, Aslu al Harishom, Rome. Gather the Hare Shomron, and go see for yourself the uh, confusion, the sinning, the, the oppression one against another in those places in 
Jomon is the capital of the ten tribes. Now, what is going on here? One shot says the Kaddish Baruch is saying to the Philistines and saying to Egypt, go and see, go up to the mountain, see what Samaria is doing. And it's like an open invitation to invade them. That's one shot that's really given. In other words, you can punish them. I am using you as the instruments of punishment. Two, some say you, Ashur, I'm sorry, you, Mitzrayim, and Philistines, probably one of the most corrupt, decadent, licentious people ever put on earth. You will be shocked at the depth of depravity in Samaria. So you pick up one of the two shops because it looks, and it's very tough to conceive of it, as an open invitation to the destruction of Israel. You yourself go up there and take it into hand. And of course, historically, and Barbanel points this out, Mitzrayim and Philistia had nothing to do with the final destruction, or very little to do with the final destruction. Continues the Navi. Um... They don't know what's right or wrong. These people know Mashem. They like store, the metaphor, they store Hamas, the uh, corruption, the petty thievery. They store it in, in treasury houses. And the bribery in their houses. In other words, all the venal corruption of that society, there is so much of it, there's an overflow. They can store it. They will surround the city. They will take down your power. They will pillage your palaces. Again, a beautiful metaphor. Just like the shepherd cannot really save his Flock, a single sheep from the Ari, from the lion. At the most, two legs, and Badalozin is the cartilage of the ear. That's what he can save from a ravaging lion. Interestingly, by the way, the Kra'ayim is the last thing eaten in the carbon, and Badalozin and the cartilage isn't even offered on the Mizbeah. So that's how Shomon's going to be saved. Pieces, particles, remnants. But past mita ubedamesekores, the tiny corners of the bedposts, ubedamesekores, which could mean the sick people, the infirm people too sick to get out of bed, they're going to be saved. Ubedamesekores could be parts of Israel that were taken back or that are on the border of Assyria that they control. In other words, nothing's going to survive but little pockets of, of territory, people who are just too ill to get out of bed, nothing will survive. Shimu v'ha'idu, listen and give testimony b'veis Yaakov in the house of Yaakov. Numa Hashem Elohim, Elokei Hatzol, says the Kaddish Baruch when I visit the sins of Israel upon it, I will visit it on their altars, altars here in the altars to their Baal. Base El is where the um, golden calf of Yeruvim was put up. I will bring down the 
corners, the horns of the Mizbeach, which supported the Nuflu Ores, where you fall to the ground. The Kesi Beis HaChorif, Al Beis HaKais, you who have built these luxurious castles and palaces, winter, Beis HaChorif, Beis HaKais, summer. But Abdu Batei Hashem, you've filled it, you've lined it with ivory, a very interesting product. There were no elephants in Israel. Batei Hashem, Vesafu Batim Rabim Hashem, and I will bring down all the houses, the lavishness, the decadence I will destroy. And so the Navi ends on a very disparate note, and tomorrow we are going to turn. Uh, the Navi's prophetic fire, as it was, to a group not often included, specifically the women of Israel. 8.45 a.m., be there, you won't want to miss it.